As a young boy, I visited with my grandparents at the grandpa- my grandparents' house, and they had a saying on their wall. You <coughs> mean I didn't understand it um, when I was a kid, but I understand it now. And this, the sign said, "We get too soon old and too late smart." Do you catch it? By the time we get the wisdom we need for life, our life is almost over. That's a paradox of life. A paradox of life are two opposing truths at the same time. When will I be gracious and kind, and when do I need to be assertive and firm? The challenges of life, how do I deal with certain situations? If my child comes home with a bad report card, what do I do? My teenager comes home with a speeding ticket, how do I deal with that? Do I pay for it? Do I make them pay? If my child wants to take some extra courses or go on a school trip, who will pay for that? We have all sorts of challenges in our lives that we deal with. When to speak up and when not to. When am I going to be assertive and when am I going to hold my tongue? What battles to fight or not fight and what hills am I willing to die on? Can you relate to those situations in your life? You're sometimes caught between a rock and a what? And what am I going to do? Am I going to speak up and be kind? Am I going to ignore it? Or is this something I have to go talk to somebody about? Am I willing to make an issue of it? What hills am I willing to die on? You and I are faced with that reality our entire life. When to take fight? When to fight, take flight, or freeze. Now, Do any of you remember the Walther League? Okay, some of you older might remember the Walther League and the youth activities. It was sort of the youth ministry branch called the Walther League. They got the Walther name from C.F.W. Walther, who was the first president of our beloved synod in the St. Louis Seminary. And he wrote this in his theological classic, Law and Gospel. Can you read it with me? Rightly distinguishing when to know when to speak up, when to know when to be assertive, when to know when to be kind and gracious is the most difficult art. What in the Bible exactly is law? What in the Bible exactly is gospel? How do I deal with this situation? Notice what he says is taught only by the Holy Spirit in the school of what? Experience. Only through going through life with the Holy Spirit do we know when to do that. Um, when I was a boy, my, my grandfather, he actually was an American vet, He's a very loving person to my siblings and I. Every time we went to his house, he always had sodas and candy for us. He took my younger brother and I to sporting shows at the, at the Cleveland Civic Center. He took us camping. Um, if we needed something, he'd buy it for us. He's always a very kind, warm guy. He came to our sporting events. But one time when my brother and I were about 9 or 10, we got somewhat rambunctious in the backyard. and We began to run around um, in his grapevines, in his bushes, that irritated him greatly. And we never saw that from my grandfather before. And remember once or twice he says, you guys get out of there. Well, I always thought that my grandfather was a real nice guy. He didn't mind us being somewhat funny and running around in his bushes and grapevines. And eventually he reached his arm out and grabbed us both and literally, you get the picture, yanked us out. It sort of surprised us. I found out that my grandfather was not only loving and kind, but when he said something, he what? He meant it. Such is a loving parent. Such is what you and I deal with in our lives. When are we going to give someone the law? 
yank them out of the bushes and the, and the grapevines? Or when are we going to be kind and compassionate? When am I going to speak to the teacher? When am I going to go address that issue? Or am I going to ignore it? The ultimate story of this could be seen on the cross. <clears throat> Do you remember it was Jesus crucified by himself? He is crucified in between two what? Two thieves, two criminals. And there we see this whole thing of law and gospel take place. The highest art of Christians in general and theologians in particular. And do you remember the conversation there? The one thief was very arrogant and said, if you really are the Christ, why don't you come down and save yourself? And by the way, it doesn't do me any good if you come down without me. Take me to be with you. I really don't care about the other guy. Now, here's the conversation. Here's the law and gospel. Can you read the top line um, with me, please? Yeah, the other guy spoke up and gave him law. What's the matter with you? This man's done no wrong. You're on the cross because you did bad. The law was given to him. By the way, our Lord did not say a word to that man. He simply ignored him. That was not good. But here's the gospel response. Can you read the bottom line with me? That was the humble man next to Jesus. And Do you remember what Jesus said to him? Say it with me. Today you'll be with me in paradise. There it is, friends, the paradox. When to give law to speak up, as the one thief did. When to be quiet, as our Lord was. And notice our Lord spoke up and responded to the humble man in faith. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Scripture proclaims paradoxes, opposing realities at the same time. <clears throat> Jesus is true what? At the same time. When you see Jesus, you see God. That doesn't make sense to us because we are all human beings. I'm a man. Jesus is a man. He breathed, he slept, he ate, he talked, he walked. But yet at the same time, he is who? God. Jesus thirst. But at the same time, Jesus changed water into wine. Somebody told me an odd joke. Can I share it with you? A woman received a $100 gift. And so she said, what shall I do with it? And someone says, be like Jesus with it. Do you know what the woman did? She turned the $100 into wine, okay? Bad joke. Jesus didn't need to use money. He changed it by himself, true man and true God. We are sinners and saints. I don't think I know what you mean by that, Pastor. Well, you and I by nature are sinners and we sin every day. And by the way, we're going to sin until the day we what? <clears throat> Yet at the same time, by Christ and faith for us who believe, we are saints. One moment we can be kind and caring, and the next moment, we could be selfish and caught into sins. We are what at the same time say it? Sinners and saints. Paul says this, the things I don't want to do, I what? And the, things I, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I want to do, I what? Don't do. We're sinners and saints. Here's another paradox. Scripture's law and gospel. You read the Scripture, you're going to get beat up. It's going to show you to be a sinner. At the same time, be restored. Scripture, God is gracious and forgiving, yet holy and just. He's... I should say my grandfather is like God. Good parents in many ways are like God. They know when to give law and gospel. And finally, let what? Don't be interested in my interpretation of Scripture, and I'm not interested in your interpretation of Scripture. Let Scripture do what? Interpret itself. These are paradoxes that we deal with in our Christian life and a Christian walk. So we come to Malachi 4. Well, who was Malachi? 
Well, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. It's the last words of the, from the Old Covenant. And for four centuries, from 400 B.C. until the birth of Christ, God goes silent. He doesn't speak. The last person he speaks through is Malachi. And guess what? Malachi proclaims the paradoxes of law and gospel. So let's talk about law. Malachi says we are arrogant evildoers in our relationships and in ashes. You ever have any of your relationships end in ashes? Broken relationships with family or friends? Ever been arrogant or evil? That's the law that Malachi proclaims. Can you read this with me? Malachi speaks law against the evil. He looks into the future and he proclaims God's law. He becomes assertive. Notice he's speaking to the arrogant. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes about arrogance. Can I do so? This is what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis is arguably the greatest Christian writer of the last century. Um, he was a former atheist who had a wit about him. And he spoke to the English during World War II. But his wisdom resonates today. This is what C.S. Lewis says. According to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil is what? What's the middle letter in pride? What's the middle letter in sin? I. Pride. In chastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. By the way, who did Jesus struggle with? The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the thieves, the swindlers, the gossipers, or the arrogant and proud Pharisees? Which one? Yeah, Pharisees knew it all. You ever met a proud person? You can't tell me anything, I already know it all. A proud person cannot hear or receive anything because their glass is always filled with nothing. I joke around at times, said you can always tell a Lutheran, you just can't tell them much. No offense, okay? You ever met a proud, arrogant person that can't receive anything because they already what? Know it all. Pride is a horrendous sin. C.S. Lewis says it was through pride that the devil became who? Lucifer wanted to be like God. God had none of it. He got tossed out. Pride. Arrogance. Pride leads to every other vice. It's a complete anti-God state of mind. What's the first commandment? You shall have what? If I'm prideful, I'm my own God. I don't care about God. C.S. Lewis also wrote that the proud have no room in their heart for God. I have myself. I'm filled with myself. It is pride has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and family since the world began. Friends in Christ, what's going on between Ukraine and Russia? Is it not someone's pride? Aren't most wars caused due to someone's what? Pride and arrogance? Let's go through Scripture. Eve, due to pride, ate the apple, and Adam, due to pride, couldn't deny Eve. And Cain killed his brother because Abel got more attention from God. And the tower was about, look at what I did, God. Pride has been the chief cause of misery. Pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or what? I can only see myself. The trinity of pride is me, myself, and I. Malachi and God 
speak about pride. But let's flip the coin to the gospel. Malachi also proclaims that paradox of gospel. Can you read it with me? But for you... Notice the gospel, I will bring healing with me. I will send John the Baptist to proclaim. I will turn hearts so they're not filled with pride, but they will mend each other. And healing will be in my name. Malachi also proclaims gospel. When I think about gospel, I think about faith and humility that comes with it. Let's see what C.S. Lewis says about humility and faith. And you will go out, this is what Malachi says, and you will go out like, and dance and leap like calves released from the stall. We crushed by the law, yet redeemed by Christ, will dance with joy. Let's hear about humility. Humility is one of the most essential things that characterizes what? True Christianity. Humility, one will not be thinking of humility as one will not be thinking about themselves at what? C.S. Lewis says this, you want to know how you can tell when you meet a Christian? A Christian will never come out and tell you they're a Christian. If you ever met a Christian on the street, they'll say, how are you doing? How's your family? How's your health? How are your children? What's concerning you in your life? C.S. Lewis says a Christian will only be concerned about who? You. Pastor Luring preached this in his sermon all the time. Do you ever hear the acronym JOY? Jesus, others, and who? Yourself. Humility. I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about you. Christian humility is a grace that is precious in the sight of God. I think about others. <clears throat> I think about our trunk or treat. And we asked our cross-training students, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, come and help us with trunk or treat. We have like 500 visitors and guests in our building. And I said, when you come up to us, I want you to ask us, how can I help you? Because you had so many people in our building. How can I help you? Humility is grace and precious in the sight of God. And by the way, when Malachi speaks of this, who will deal with evildoers and who will bring healing in his name? Who's he ultimately talking about? Say it. Jesus will. He continues to speak today. His law against the evil, arrogant, and gospel for the humble. Gospel for the repentant. Paradox is a God. The law that burns and the gospel that restores. May we sinners and saints dance and leap in humility with united hearts, with honor toward God and others. And how about this? For a closing thought, it's a paradoxical statement. Read it with me. And all God's people say.